This is Brian Lohman. On behalf of the Lohman Ray Insurance Group, welcome to this edition of High School Prep Football Confidential. Hey everybody, welcome to the debut of the Lohman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. We're broadcasting live from the beautiful News Gazette Media Studios in downtown Champaign. If you're on Main Street, come on by, wave in the giant window, we'll wave back. Hey, all fall long, we'll be carrying the baton. News Gazette Media from the Sports Talk fellas down the road to the Lovey Smith Show at 7 p.m. Powerful three-hour window of sports programming through November. I'm Jim Rosso, News Gazette Media. Hey, quarterbacking this show across from me is Colin Likas of the News Gazette. He covers all things high school. There you go. He's a proud graduate of Crown Point High School, Indiana. Helping with uh, the show Evan Kahn, Clinton High School, class of 2014. Representing the great city of Champaign is Tamara McDaniel. Champaign Centennial, 1986. So we got everything covered. This is a quality, quality group we got here. Anyway, but what's carrying this show will be the 35 schools represented each week not each week but we have players and coaches try we'll to get ch- as many as we can each week they'll be checking in every week uh, about the sport we we care about we uh we cover like nobody's business and that's prep football collins week one's in the books already yes, give me your take man my uh i mean there's a lot there's a lot to take away from week one because we didn't know i mean we knew basic things about each team but you really don't know for sure until you get onto the field and watch these kids actually play um my big takeaway this week from week one was kind of the uh the teams that some might consider underdogs in recent years uh those teams making a run and having a really strong week one um you know the fisher bunnies and we're going to talk to a few uh, members of that team later in this show uh, they defeated uh, Hoopston area Schlarman Academy Armstrong Potomac by 40 points this week. Uh, that's not a team uh, that some might consider underdogs, but their coach, Jake Palmer, actually said to me before the season, people consider us underdogs. So uh, that's uh, they, they had a huge win in week one. Uh, Blue Ridge uh, along the same lines. They, they haven't made the playoffs since 2001. Uh, so you're talking, uh, you're talking some of the kids on that team were not born. Uh, and they beat Martinsville 28 nothing last week. Um, also Georgetown Ridge Farm beating Clifton Central 20 to 6. The Buffaloes uh, were 3 and 6 each of the last two years, so that's a huge start for them. And rounding out that group, uh, Prairie Central football beating Rantoul, scoring 52 points. Uh, the Hawks have only made the playoffs once in the last five years. So these four teams uh, among that group that's really showing that they're not going to take it anymore, more or less. They are going to stand up and be counted. Okay, here's what I need from the fine folks at Fisher. If you read the News Gazette Sunday story a couple weeks ago about 100 new things in school, they showed off that cool helmet of theirs, that vicious bunny is yeah, on their helmet. All right. Cool. So here's cool. what we're doing to uh, help you experience uh, the prep football confidential show is we're collecting helmets, and we're That's showing right. them off on Facebook Live. They are the, right behind me. You can see them if you're on Facebook Live. If you go so. to the News Gazette page, we're also on Twitter, at NG Preps. Yes. If you're a Snapchat guy. Like Evan is, it's uh, news hyphen gazette, and uh, so far, what five helmets? 
Colin? Well, well uh, five behind me, okay. yeah. But uh, I, I wanted to share a story about uh, the sixth helmet we have. Uh, oop, there goes my mic. The Sullivan Redskins helmet. I'm handing it up in the, uh, in the Facebook live shot so people can see it. So the cool story about this Sullivan helmet, uh, and this is a team uh, uh, Jeff Myers took over as the coach this year. This is a team that did not win a game last year. It was certainly a, a challenging season for the Redskins, and yet Coach Myers got back to me very quickly, said we'd love to give you a helmet, and he mailed the helmet in from Sullivan. Uh, it's a very, uh, very cool thing to do. So I, I appreciate Coach Myers doing that, and I appreciate all the coaches who have gotten back to me. Uh, to get their helmets on. Got uh, Tuscola, Paxton, St. Thomas More, uh, Unity, and Champaign Central behind me. Uh, and I've got more on the way. All right. Good stuff. Hey, the neat thing about this show is we're going to be, for the first time, unveiling Collins Top Ten each Monday night. Yes, All right. Sir. It's going to be in Tuesday's News Gazette. That's right. Be sure to pick that thing up. But if you're into rankings, and I know we are, uh, we'll. Uh, We'll break them new every uh, Monday night. Yeah. Is who who right, isn't Colin? into rankings, really? I mean, they well, make the world go around. Uh, let's, I'll be honest. I've got the sneak preview of the rankings. Colin in number 10. And I, I, don't, I don't think I authorize that, but okay. Let's, let's, uh, I, I am your boss, Colin. So I, I, I don't remember. All right. <laughs> let's, start the, uh, let's start the top 10 countdown, though. Uh, the Salt Fork Storm, uh, new to the rankings this week. They beat Oblong 26 nothing. Uh, Tate Johnson uh, was a star in that game. There are many stars. If you win uh, 26 nothing, you're going to have a lot of stars. But uh, Tate Johnson was a big one for the Storm. He rushed for 128 yards on 22 carries. Uh, talked with uh, Storm coach Brian Plotner uh, about Tate and his performance in that game. Tate's a sophomore, and he kind of got pushed into the starting role here this this week. We had an injury to Max oh. Brandon. And uh, so Tate, you know, he took the reps this week with, with Max being injured. And, uh, you know, he is a very, very capable running back, especially for his age. Um, he has the directional to go north-south early, and he, he takes what the offensive line, you know, what, what, they, what they opened for him. And that's the thing he did really well is he went north-south and got the yards that he needed to get and gave credit to our offensive line for opening holes and give Tate credit for, for, for getting what he could get every play. Now, is, uh, is Tate a, is he a big kid? Is he more of a power running back? Is he a, is he a finesse running back? What, what style is he? You know, he's really kind of he, – he, I wouldn't consider him categorized as a, as a blazer that's going to break a 40-yard touchdown run. Uh, he's more of a very consistent downhill. But he does have some decent quickness and speed and some decent shiftiness. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a pretty good package, especially for as young as he is. Uh, and, and I mean, he's a kid we really think program wise could be a, a really special player for us these next couple of years. Okay. These rankings, uh, the kids care about him a lot, Colin. I know you hear a lot of oh, feedback. Certainly. I got some questions after week one. Okay. What happened to my Champaign County teams? Uh, man, well, I, uh, I went out and, uh, I watched Champaign Central in person and you know, the scoreboard, uh, was probably ru showed a rougher tale than what actually happened because first-year coach Tim Turner actually felt pretty good about the way his team played. And based on some of the things he told me, I can understand why. Um, but, yeah, uh, Champaign Central, Centennial, Urbana, St. Thomas More, and uh, mm. uh, Muhammad Seymour all fall to 0-1. Uh, uh, yeah, there, there's some work to be done. But right. you know what? One of those teams is still in our top ten this week. So. I was out at the Muhammad Music Festival on, on Saturday night, and they yeah. said 
Muhammad is in the top ten. They belong there because they played a really good team. You they have them at played nine. the number one team right. in Class Five A. So you, you have them at number nine. Explain, please. I do have them at number nine. Uh, like you said, they they do belong there. I believe they have a history of success under Coach Keith Pogue. Um, they lost to Washington, uh, number one ranked team in the state in Class Five A. Uh, it was it was lopsided certainly, but the Bulldogs have a lot of room to go upward. I think they have a starting quarterback who Dawson Finch, who has started for more than one year, which is always a good sign in high school sports. You can't find that anywhere, honest, honestly. Um, and I think the Bulldogs are going to get better. Uh, the Apollo Conference is challenging. They have a team this week in Charleston who went 0-9 last year, so in theory, Muhammad could bounce right back here, and I'd like to think they will, and I really don't think they're going to be in, in danger of missing the playoffs. All right, Jason Seaman coming back this weekend. That should be yeah, every, Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a big one. Interesting. Noblesville hero, uh, yes. former Bulldog great, former yeah. music Absolutely athlete Absolutely deserving of, the year. of all the honors he gets. Um, keeping it going with number eight, and like I said, we'll hear from a couple people from this team later on in the show. Uh, the Fisher Bunnies, uh, they were, they're up from number 10 in our first uh, preseason rankings. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Fisher defeated uh, the Hoopstonarius Schlarman Armstrong uh, co-op 52-12. to 12. Uh, 52 points this early in the season, uh, I don't care who you're playing against, that's, that's a serious output. And Fisher talked before the season, I talked with some of their players, uh, they they were they feel like they can do some big things, and it's uh, pretty obvious to me that they uh, plan to follow through on that. Uh, Will Delaney was a big key. The quarterback completed uh, 10 of 12 passes, uh, and Fisher jumped out to a 30 nothing halftime lead, which is usually pretty hard to overcome. So the Bunnies very deserving of moving up a couple spots in our rankings this week. Fisher at number eight, checking in at number seven, our first uh, Big 12 team. Yeah, first Big 12 team, Danville. They uh, they <laughs> they took a little bit of a slip this week, uh, down from number four. Um, they, they faced off against Bloomington, uh, another Big 12 team, suffered a 21-12 defeat, uh, which, you know, as far as scores go, it's not too bad. The Big 12 is a, is a despite what I just said about Central and Centennial and Urbana having their struggles, the Big 12 is a very challenging conference to play in. Um, and Danville had some, some high points. Devin Miles returned a kickoff more than 80 yards for a touchdown, connected uh, with Delray Crowder for a touchdown pass late in the game. So I think the Vikings, like Muhammad, uh, have room to go up. Uh, Danville plays against Urbana at Urbana next week. That's not a game Danville should take lightly, but it's a chance for the Vikings to bounce back. One of the best fields in the area, all right, the Tigers have. That's true. All right. That is, uh, you can read about that. You could have read about that in Sunday's News Gazette, too. Uh, let's see. Uh, number six, uh, we're sticking in Vermilion, uh, the Vermilion County area. Uh, the Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin Blue Devils. Uh, up from number eight, uh, Mark Dodd's team defeated Iroquois West 34-19 in a game that might have flown under the radar a little bit in week one just because it was a non-conference game. Um, and the Blue Devils, for as much success as they've had under Coach Dodd, they've, ne they've never been a terribly flashy group. They pretty much just go out and ground and pound and get the job done. Uh, but for all the ground and pound, uh, they got a quarterback in Avery McConkie who uh, can can – sling the ball uh threw for 164 yards and two scores in uh, in week one and he ran for 65 yards too so uh bismarck has been known as a running team for many years but they've got a quarterback now who uh can can make them a dual threat which with caleb Leahy at running back for the blue devils is a scary prospect all right these top 10 rankings uh football in tomorrow's paper uh, volleyball was in today's news gazette boys soccer the day after this so Keep our rankings going. You can see them all online, too. The other newcomer to our top 10 football top 
10 is? Yes, this was probably a shortcoming, a mistake on my part in the first week. Considering Argena Oriana was ranked in the Associated Press Top 10, Class 1A to start the season, I really should have had them uh, in my Top 10 to start. And the Bombers made sure that I had to put them there by uh, drubbing Robinson 40-7 to in Week 1. Uh, Josh Williams is a is a bit of a machine. Uh, you talk about dual threats. Uh, this kid ran for 205 yards and three touchdowns as a quarterback on 12 carries. You run for 205 yards on 12 carries, you're talking MVP status. Um, he also uh, he also passed for 113 yards and a touchdown, so he's he's not a one trick pony by any means. But the uh, and the Bombers, uh, you were talking about new fields, Urbana's or nice fields anyway, Urbana's field. Argena has a nice new field. Uh, they're unveiling their turf setup uh, this week, and uh, that should be a, a fun event for the Argena Oriana fans to get up about. All right, anybody who's lived around here for a number of years knows that St. Joseph Ogden belongs in the playoffs. All right, Colin, and oh, something happened. Bad. It was it was very unusual to see them miss the playoffs last year. Uh, I'm sure. Some Spartans fans probably went out to the field and were very confused when the lights weren't on, and I don't blame them because that team was in the playoffs for more than 20 years straight, and, you know, all good things must come to an end at some point. So uh, that's what happened last year. Last year's in the past. We're now we're at St. Joe being number four in our, in our top ten here. Uh, the uh, the Spartans defeated St. Thomas More 30-9 to last week. They were, they were off to a sluggish start, but they really picked it up in the second half. In a road game, uh, no easy task. Uh, the uh, the running back combo, the two-headed monster of Adam Frericks and, uh, and Dwight Colvin, uh, rushed for 138 and 113 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, I spoke to uh, Coach Sean Skinner about uh, what these two are bringing to the team this year. If we stay healthy, there's no reason for it not to be. We're, we're pretty lucky to have uh, those two guys in the backfield, and we know that, and we're going we're gonna to utilize them. And, and if we, we stay healthy up front, you know, that's the key. Those guys up front can move some people around. So Adam and Dwight are known commodities. They, they put some numbers up a year ago that we felt good about, but now it's, it's got to do with some guys up front who are moving people around. Good for the Spartans. Good for the Spartans. You know good that? for good for area football. Bad for the uh, bad for the Illini Prairie Conference because I'm guessing those other teams were probably happy to see St. Joe uh, struggling last year. All right, we got a loaded top three. We really do. Um, um, these top three teams, in my mind, uh, like Argenta before them. All three are. Uh, I should have mentioned St. Joe was receiving votes in the AP Class Three A poll. That is worth mentioning. Um, but these top three teams, also top 10 AP teams, uh, last week they will be this week because all three of them uh, ran off with wins in week one. Uh, number three, it's uh, Monticello. Uh, they shut down Olympia 51 nothing in an Illini Prairie Conference opener. Uh, when you have four different guys who can catch a touchdown pass in a game, I would tend to think you're going to be in good shape. So Luke Stringer, Asher Brad, Devin Graham, Daw- and uh, Henry Dawson – uh, each caught a pass from from uh, the quarterback, and two different quarterbacks, actually, and uh, because uh, Braden Snyder got taken out of the game in the third quarter. So there was two different quarterbacks. Little known fact, Asher Brand, uh, Brad and uh, Devin Graham were uh, youth baseball teammates. Yeah. How about really? that? Asher Brad's going to be in tomorrow's News Gazette, so yes. if his parents are listening, you might want to pick that up. I like that idea. Monticello, Monticello athletes have a habit of getting into the News Gazette because they have a habit of winning, uh, kind of like St. Joseph Ogden, honestly. It's uh, it's an Illini Prairie Conference thing. Uh, the kids out there just they know how to get in the paper. 
Um, but moving along with our top 10, and we'll have more Monticello football later on as well, I should mention. Uh, we're going to have Cully Welter, the longtime head coach of the Sages, uh, calling in and uh, telling us uh, what's going on with his program heading into week two. Uh, but moving on with the top 10, uh, number two, same as last week, the Tuscola Warriors. Uh, they are ranked uh, second in Class 1A in the Associated Press poll right now behind Lena Winslow, the team that beat Tuscola in the state championship game last year. Uh, but Tuscola clearly uh, had some frustration to get out of it, uh, off itself uh, after that state title loss because they beat Villagrove Heritage 57-0 uh, last week. Uh the Warriors had a 14, actually it was a 13, I'm sorry, it was a 13 nothing lead within 67 seconds, which, um, yeah, that, that doesn't really happen anywhere. Um, ben Dixon returned the opening kickoff 75 yards for a touchdown, and Jacob Kibler then blocked a punt and returned it for a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, the Warriors are often running, to say the least. And uh, Coach Andy Romine, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's taking every win as it comes. He's not looking ahead. But I did have to ask him about the upcoming Cola Wars, and uh, this is what he had to say to me. I would say this, and I think our kids would wholeheartedly agree with this. To us, it's a football game on a Friday night. we got to prepare for them. And it doesn't really change for us. I mean, I, I would like to think that there's not a huge difference between how we prepare for one game over another. Um, you know, in fact, I'll just tell you there's not. And... And so I think it's a big deal for our town. It's a big deal for you know our alumni. It's good for both communities. I think it'll be a good crowd. It'll be nice to play in that kind of atmosphere this early in the year. Uh, but I, I always think you know if you see Unity and St. Joe get together, that that's a bigger deal to the media and and to, to you guys I think and rightfully so you know because people are going to pay attention to it. But you know when you get into the walls or inside the fence of our practice, inside the walls of our weight room and our locker room. I don't think we really pay a ton of attention to it other than the fact that we've got a football game and this is how we prepare. And, you know, so it's exciting. You can feel the excitement level in town. I'm sure it'll be at a fever pitch Friday night about 630. But for our kids, this should just be a high school football game and it shouldn't be a lot different than most of the other ones. Well, that's uh, that's Andy Romine uh, talking about uh, really really trying to keep Arcola Tuscola something that the kids don't overthink, which I think is a smart maneuver. I mean, the communities are going to be very hyped for the matchup as they should be. Uh, we we helped out with that, of course, with our prep football special section we released last week. Uh, the cover was dedicated to the returning Cola Wars. Those two teams haven't played a game against each other since 2011, which is um, unusual to say the least. So it's good to see them back on the schedule together. It was an interesting cover of our prep football special section that you had two guys from our Cola and two guys mm-hmm. from Tuscola basically strangling each yeah, other. Yeah, fighting but, each other but over But Colin, football. you tell me they really like each other. They, yeah, they, uh, they actually requested after we were done with the fighting pictures to take one of them all together, uh, presumably so their uh, relatives would know they didn't actually hate each other. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as football goes, for that night, I can't imagine they're going to be talking to each other too much. But uh, It's great to see that, Robert. you got license plates made up oh, yeah. that, uh, that are good through, I think, uh, Friday. They're good through Friday. the end of the game, which is something I have never heard of before, but that's really cool. you got T-shirts being sold at the banks. Of course. You don't have a lot of room to be sitting at Tuscola either. You better yeah. get there early. Yeah, you know, uh, Troy Gentle, our, one of our contributors, already submitted his picks for the prep football uh, for our t- for our 10 games we pick each week. And his uh, comment for the week was, if you want to get a seat uh, at Tuscola, you should probably arrible a little early, like an hour early maybe. It yeah. might, might be necessary. 
All right, no, number one's no surprise, Colin. Number one is no surprise, and until – although I do have something to say about this because it's really interesting how this played out in the AP poll. Uh, Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, reigning 2A state champion, playing – projected to play down at 1A this year, which is certainly an interesting thing. What's more interesting is the AP voters had them at number three, which for a reigning 2A state champion makes no sense to me. Also considering Gibson City had the most first place votes of any team and somehow they still got ranked third. Uh, I don't even understand how that really works. Maybe I need, I'm still new to the rankings, admittedly. That being said, Gibson City, I think, deserves to be at the top of that 1A poll right now. Nothing against Tuscola or Lena Winslow. Gibson City is just, they're a very talented team. They're deserving of a high ranking. Um, but they, uh, you know, last week they proved that they beat Paxton Buckley low to 28, nothing. And PBL is not a pushover team by any means. Uh, GCMS scored with four different guys, which is a promising, uh, promising prospect for them. Uh, and you know what, Mike Allen, he's, uh, he's well aware, uh, the longtime coach of the Falcons is well aware that opponents are going to be giving the Falcons their best shot this year after that state win. Uh, he talked to me a little bit about that, uh, a couple days ago. I, I honestly don't think we have to say too much more about it. <laughs> I, I think they found out Friday night, you know, people are going to bring their, their best game packs, and I, I played an outstanding game. Uh, you know, they're young, and, and so they came out, and they punched us in the mouth right off the bat. Mm-hmm. I mean, first play of the game, let a couple of kids, you know, uh, go down. Uh, not get injured, but they got knocked flat on their butt. So I think they woke up and they realized, you know, this, this isn't last year. You know, our schedule's tougher. Um, we're going to play some bigger teams, and we're going to be ready for that. If not, you know, we're going to get our butts, you know, knocked on the ground again. And uh, I don't think some of them liked it that Friday night. So we know they're bringing their their A game, uh, and it, it's something that we want to move on from last year's team. But everyone, you know, people are going to say, okay, here's the state champions. Let's beat them. The defending state champions. Let's beat them. And you know, hopefully that that motivates us and pushes us to work harder in practice knowing that that's going to happen and, and, and be a little better prepared for the game. Always a good guy to hear from. Yeah, Mike Allen's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, the, uh, he's one of the many uh, coaches in our area who's an athletic director also. And uh, even during that state championship run when he admitted to me that, you know, there was a lot he was having to deal with, he still took the time to talk to me whenever he could. So, yeah, him, Andy Romine, all of our coaches really uh, haven't, met a, haven't met a bad guy, so. All right, if you uh, are a fan of high school football, you got to you got to follow Colin Likas. All right, he's a Twitter I would fool. Agree with that. Uh, follow him at, at @clikas, capital Cap- N, capital, capital G. G. Yes. All right, and he does. After every Friday night, he'll do his helmet sticker videos, <laughs> which has uh, become quite a production with Anthony Zillis. I uh, yeah, I had to interject. I uh, I talked to well, I talked to Brian Plotner. Obviously, we had him on the show here. Uh, but he called me, and the first thing he said to me was, you know, I was uh, I was watching your helmet stickers. Saw, we had one of their other kids on there, Coda Broker. Um, uh, I was watching your helmet stickers. My wife was uh, was thinking back. She she said she used to watch the uh, the Richard Simmons workout videos when she was younger. So I'm I'm reaching out to to everybody with my unique takes on on helmet stickers. I guess I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, Colin. I <laughs> the good news for everybody. I shot that one alone because Anthony had a had a prior commitment, but mm-hmm. Anthony will be back with his video prowess in week two, which I'm sure our our fans will appreciate. Anyway, it's a neat thing. It's a way to pay tribute to five or so uh, players who do mm-hmm. well on Friday nights. Little known fact, number two of the show, the helmet that you use for helmet stickers. Yes, Salt Fork Storm. That's right. Thank you to the Storm for 
That's right. It's an old older one, and we're gonna. Brian told me uh, we're gonna get a we're gonna get a new one for for the background here. I'm gonna have helmets piled upon helmets, hopefully in the in the weeks to come. Hey, real quick before we take our first break, there's a couple teams right on the cusp of making this top ten. Who uh, who might we be talking about next week? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, I feel like one team we can talk about certainly is uh, is Arcola. Um, uh, they can, they had a so they had a very strong season last year. Um, uh, they won state a few years ago, uh, and they're looking good already. I mean, they beat South Beloit handily. I hope I said Beloit right too. But they uh, they beat uh, South Beloit handily uh, in a in a rare Saturday Week One game. I feel like Arcola is a team we could definitely be talking about here in the uh, in the near future. Um, you know, other teams to to think about. Um, they Georgetown. Georgetown's certainly an interesting one. They uh, they started one and zero, and they seem. They seem quite uh, quite determined to make me uh, eat crow over pretty much anything I say, which I appreciate. Uh, and then uh, the Clinton Maroons, Thank they you. Uh, they uh, they went one and zero. They they had a big win. Uh, and last year was a uh, last year was what a, a three and six season, I believe. And you know, uh, Andy Roman actually not in this most recent interview, but uh, a few months ago, he actually told me. I asked him what teams in the Central Illinois Conference are going to be ones to beat. He said. Uh, Clinton was his, his he said Central and A&M and then he said Clinton so uh Clinton is on the rise that's a big school team we could be talking about in the top 10 here pretty soon Evan says thank you yeah yeah that's no problem man. Right. <laughs> I'm glad I I live to I live to please so hey we want to give a big shout out to Brian Lohman yes. uh, ABL grad yes. mind you a three a four sports star at ABL for kind of helping with this show and uh, his history is well known with his late father being a Hall of Famer, uh, Lyle Loman, great guy, yep. heavy into sports, and uh, and Dan Tappendorf uh, of MET. Uh, his family goes to Champaign Central, or did, and also, again, uh, a long sports legacy there for yes. uh, helping out the show. Yeah, really appreciate the sponsorship. Tell you us. what, we'll be, uh, let's check in with some Fisher folks when we come back that from sounds our like first a break. If that's work. We'll be back with the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. Now back to the Loman Ray High School Prep Football Confidential on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, Colin Lucas, Preps Coordinator of the News Gazette with you. And uh, happy to be joined at this time by uh, our first live caller of the night, Fisher football coach Jake Palmer. Jake, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Colin. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, first thing I want to ask you, uh, you, you guys are coming off a win, a big win over uh, Hoopston area, uh, Schlarman Academy, Armstrong, Potomac. Were you expecting uh, your team to win by uh, 40 points in that game? Uh, no, we weren't. We had known that Schlarman had a lot of kids back. You know, they were really big, um, you know, pretty physical, and luckily our kids came out and played pretty well. They came out in a defense uh, that was a little bit different than what we were expecting. So a credit to our kids and the way that they kind of adapted and um, played pretty well. So we were excited about it. I mean, what was uh, what was the real key to that success? I mean, you talk about adapting, uh, which obviously is important in any any sporting event. But I mean, what was the real standout moment, the standout uh, thing that you guys did in this game? Um, I think what really helped us, and we preach it. Um, basically every single day in practice is uh especially defensively is the way that we pursue the ball i mean we got a lot of hats to the ball defensively which to me that's you know when we talk about it it's just an effort thing and it's how hard you're willing to play and uh credit to our guys really I and mean, we 
we swarmed it um, and got a lot of guys there. We call our defense the mob, and we try to just get everybody there and try to pursue like crazy. So luckily we did. Um, had some missed tackles, which we're trying to get fixed for next week, but but luckily the, the pursuit uh, overwhelmed them. So that was pretty good. Well, it seems like he had uh, uh, not as many missed tackles as uh, as, as uh, you probably could have considering you only gave up 12 points, but you led right into what I was going to ask you about next. Uh, that defense, I mean, a lot of people see 52 points. They think about the offense naturally, but, I mean, your defense is obviously not one to be pushed around. Well, we I don't know. We may get pushed around at times. We're not very big. Um, we start basically one guy over 200 pounds, uh, so we are very small, probably one of the smaller teams in the area. But, again, we just really try to rely on that speed, um, and we have to try to be as physical as we can be uh, because we're so undersized. So, again, just try to preach that pursuit and get our kids to play as hard as they can. And, and you know, despite our mistakes and misreads and things like that, I really felt like they did pursue and play as hard as they could. So we were excited about that. And that was a nice little trip for you guys over to the uh, Danville area. But uh, this week you're going to be uh, opening at home against Tremont. Uh, some thoughts on that matchup. Uh, what, are you most, what are you most looking forward to out of your guys? Uh, excited to get into HOIC play. You know, the conference just offers a little bit different element with the familiarity of the, the teams who you're going to be playing. You kind of have a pretty good idea what to expect, and those teams know what to expect out of you. So um, Tremont's uh, pretty physical. Um, again, not a huge team, um, so they'll match up with us a little bit size-wise. They're a little bit bigger than we are, but then again, I think everyone is. So um, We'll, uh, we're just going to try to make sure that we get a little bit better and clean up some of our mistakes from last week. We had a couple uh, turnovers that we got to get corrected, did pretty well in the, the penalty margin. Um, so, again, just kind of cleaning up some stuff and really just trying to continue to improve and get better at what we do. Now, uh, uh, before I uh, have you switch over to uh, your athlete, Tyler Wilson here, uh, the, the, the new-look Fisher Bunny helmets, uh, are, they, <laughs> are they intimidating the opponents? Is that what you're finding so far? You know, I don't know if they're intimidating or not, but we sure like them. Uh, since I got to Fisher, I told our athletic director, uh, John Kelly, I told him that you got to own that you're the bunnies. Uh, we put, I like our Fisher F a lot. We put that on a lot of our brand and logo and things like that. But, but uh, I told him from day one, if you're the bunnies, you got to own it. So that's what we try to do with those helmets. Uh, and we got that. They, people who haven't seen them, we got the uh, carrot helmet stickers. So, we really do just try to own that we're the bunnies and wear it proudly. So, hey, that's a that's a perfect strategy, and it's uh, clearly paying off. the The team uh, camaraderie and spirit has got you guys off to a a one and zero start here. Jake Palmer, thanks so much for joining me, and I'll uh, I'll have you turn it over to uh, Tyler Wilson now. All right. Hey, Tyler, how you doing? Uh, thanks for uh, joining us today on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So you're our uh, so you're our football player of the week uh, because you you ran for five touchdowns last week, which uh, I don't think uh, a lot of athletes do in a single game. Were you surprised by uh, what you were able to put together in that week one performance? I mean, we kind of questioned our physicality at practice, but on Friday we really brought it, so it kind of helped me out. The yeah. holes opened up. I just filled them. Yeah. I mean, was there any one of those sp specific touchdowns? And to, for those who don't know, the, they were of one yard, 70 yards, six yards, 18 yards, and five yards. Was there any one of those touchdowns that really was your, your favorite one to go off on? Well, it had to be the long one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Take me through that play. Uh, how were you able to break off a 70-yard run? It was Denver 4. 
it was kind of to the outside off the tackle. The hole opened up, and I got hit once, bounced off of him, and the rest was just open field. Yeah, bringing in, bringing in some play calling. I like it. Well, I mean, uh, you uh, this is a little bit of a, a fact for you. Uh, you're leading the area in scoring now with 32 points through week one. Your next closest competitor only has 20 points. I mean, is that something you could have uh, foreseen yourself doing through week one, uh, piling up that many points? Couldn't see it. I had a lot more carries than I thought I was going to get, so that definitely helped. Yeah, certainly. Well, I mean, how do you follow up on uh, on this effort? I mean, what do you do to uh, because guys are going to be opponents are going to be looking out for you now. I mean, what do you do to uh, to kind of uh, make sure you give them different looks and can keep having this success? Keep running hard, and if they come for me, we have other people that can run the ball too. So if they keep coming for me, we have a quarterback that can pull it and do other stuff with the ball. Yeah, and uh, I, I asked your coach about this as well. How do you like the uh, how do you like the new Fisher uh, the Fisher football helmets? No, I like them. I like the look of them. The white is definitely better than the black that we had last year. <laughs> Very cool. All right, Tyler. Well, uh, thank you so much for being on, and uh, congratulations on your performance last week. Good luck against Tremont this week. Thanks. Love hearing from those bunnies. Yeah. For the first official live interview. Yes, the first two official live interviews, and uh, I believe they were doing those from a uh, live from a JV game mm-hmm. against uh, Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin. So the best thing about that interview, Colin, was that they hand out carrots to put on the back. <laughs> yeah, of their I've helmets. definitely never heard of that. I mean, you got like stars and stuff, or like little hammers or something like that. Have definitely never. Uh, Never heard of the carrot, but you know what? You you do got to own it. Like like they said, that's a that's a that's a point of pride, and uh, clearly it's paying off. All right, one of the neat things we do every year at the end of each football season is hand out a Player of the Year that's award right. with a a big profile and such. And uh, Colin, it's never too early to start oh, no. looking at some candidates. Give me your top three. Yeah, absolutely, never too early. This uh, you know, this reminds me of uh, Bob Bob Osmussen's uh, Heisman Trophy voting that he does uh, every week during college football season. Uh, three three guys to pick. Uh, these aren't in necessarily any order. Uh, just three guys who came to mind based on performances in Week One and expectations we had for them coming in as well. Uh, Monticello quarterback Braden Snyder, who, like I said, didn't even make it out of the third quarter uh, last week, but that wasn't because he wasn't playing well or got hurt. It was because he helped Monticello to so many points that they just didn't need him to play anymore. Uh, he completed 12 of 17 passes for 212 yards and three touchdowns. And again, that was without playing three full quarters. Uh, Braden was a, is a returning starting quarterback. A lot of big things were expected out of him, I think. And he's uh, living up to those expectations so far for Collie Welter's program. Uh, next up, uh, I'm thinking uh, Salt Fork linebacker, also a fullback, but uh, mainly thought of as a linebacker, Peyton Taylor. Uh, I'm sure our uh, ed- copy editor, J.J. Lockwood, will appreciate that, uh, that selection. But Peyton's only a junior, and he's coming off a sophomore season in which he led the area in tackles, which is not exactly heard of because, you know, guys who lead the areas in tackles, you expect them to be older guys who they have more, they're usually more physically mature. They've grown into their bodies, things of that nature. Well, Peyton clearly knows his body and knows how to use it on the field. Um, and he kept doing that in week one uh, against Oblong uh, with 13 tackles, and he returned a fumble 11 yards for a touchdown, so the kid can run too. Uh, so uh, Peyton, I think, is deserving of some early season uh, MVP consideration. And I'm going to round out this group with uh, someone who might have slid under the radar because his team fell short last week. 
Uh, but uh, the Idaho uh, commit, uh, St. Thomas Moore quarterback, defensive back, uh, Bryson Lee, uh, he could. He really did it all against St. Joe, and I mean, he uh, he was a big reason the team was in that game for the first 24 minutes. Uh, passed the ball for 154 yards, ran for a touchdown, and made 12 tackles. Uh, you don't see a lot of starting quarterbacks who come up with 12 tackles. But uh, in talking with uh, Sean Skinner, St. Joseph Ogden coach, uh, he was impressed with Bryson. Uh, he expressed some. Uh, so some very positive things about Bryson and what he can do. So, you know, uh, even though STM lost, um, it's not always about wins or losses for our MVP chase. So I think Bryson is certainly deserving of a, of a look right now. So right. Very, that's my top three. Very odd to look at the Illini Prairie standings and see the St. Thomas Moore and Unity and, on the bottom two spots. Yeah, and, and Unity. I mean, St. Thomas yeah. Moore coming off a challenging right. uh, 2017 but Unity, yeah, uh, lost a lot of older skill players, uh, but Coach Scott Hamilton in his 25th year is very familiar with how to make things work. I'm guessing the Rockets will turn it around. Kind of a strange story involving our reigning player of the year, Mitch McNutt of uh, GCMS, yeah. who came to Illinois thinking he'd play. And, right. Um, and, and, you know, he, he might, very well might have played. And, you know, when a player usually leaves a team, it's over something like playing time or things of that nature. I don't think that was the case with Mitch. Uh in talking with him, and he was very sincere about about his reason for leaving. Uh, it, he wasn't getting the appropriate nutrition or the appropriate workout schedule for his needs. And he said when he doesn't get that, then he doesn't enjoy playing football. So he wasn't getting it, wasn't enjoying playing football, so he left. I mean, it's, you know, it's it makes sense. I mean, it all adds up, really. I mean, uh, it's not something that people will normally say out loud. They normally just say, oh, disagree with the coaching staff disagree with the playing time but mitch was apparently in line to possibly receive some special teams minutes this year so it's not like he was just going to ride the bench all year he just had his reasons and he made his decision so more power to him and uh we'll see where he goes from here all right our player of the year candidates list will be fluid of course, of course. it will change much as the weeks progress but uh we'll keep you up to date who about who we're thinking about oh yeah Sorry. absolutely it uh yeah it it won't be the same every week but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. All right. Uh, let's uh, looking forward to an interview with uh, Cully Welter, oh, yes. a Muhammad Seymour product who is uh, featured in our right. alumni report and uh, has done a whale of a job uh, since coming to Monticello. Tell you what, he'll uh, join us next on the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential. Brian Loman had a good story About to what? tell back in the day when he played four sports. Yeah, he'd run track till four o'clock mm -hmm. then jog over to the baseball field there at abl and you know it's, take some batting practice it's crazy how many kids and i that, you know that that might have been something that a lot of kids didn't do at that time a lot of kids uh, <laughs> it's crazy how many kids do stuff like that mm -hmm. now uh, i mentioned one earlier in the show peyton taylor uh baseball player for salt fork and he made state in the shot put and discus so Doing, doing pretty well. Another one was Dalton Hole, Tuscola kid who was our baseball player of the year. Did track. People, A lot of people didn't know he did track because mm -hmm. we always talked about his baseball, but yeah, he, he ran track too. A lot of these high schools are starting to honor their their, tri their three-sport athletes. Oh, yeah. You go to Central, you'll see them on the walls. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. You, Muhammad uh, Seymour uh, with a new collage for their kids who have gone all four years at three sports. Never yeah. easy to do. Yeah, and speaking of general uh, awards, this isn't a multi-sport thing necessarily, but We'll have a story in tomorrow's news gazette about the, the Monticello Hall of Fame adding some new members. So uh, there's there's uh, definitely some intrigue there as well. All right, we're heading into week two of uh, high school football. 
week one not especially good for um for some champagne teams but yeah. there's a big night ahead there is this uh, friday night i want to kind of go into the games of the week and, sure and central and centennial play at tommy stewart field that's a that's a big to do i mean um Central opened Tommy Stewart uh, last week against Metamora. Game did not go uh, according to Central's plan, of course. But uh, that was the opening of the field, and that's how uh, first-year coach Tim Turner treated it, as he should have. Uh, That being said, Central Centennial at Tommy Stewart Field with the new turf, um, that's going to be a show. Uh, A lot of people are going to come out. Uh, They're going to do a ribbon-cutting ceremony before the game. Uh, all the unit four types and administration and probably some people from the past of the football programs will show up. And uh, even though both teams are 0-1 going into the game, uh, actually that might fire it up even more because both teams are going to be looking for their first win. It's going to be a good night over there. It's going to be a blast. They're going to have a shindig beforehand, a yes. uh, ribbon cutting. And I don't know if all our listeners know this, but it's kind of a contentious thing for the Champagne Central uh, uh, players who bus from McKinley Field. Yeah. Over to the field, they 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 don't, I guess, take kindly to having to play yeah. behind Centennial. Yeah, right. And uh, I mean, I get it to an extent. Uh, I mean, they they do have a field uh, in a way. McKinley Field does exist, um, and they they are that is part of that Unit Four construction project as well. Uh, they are going to be building a, I think it's turf. They're building turf mm-hmm. field over there. Right. Which is going to enhance the talk even more that they should be allowed to play their games there. And I know that's something former Maroons AD John Woods was mm-hmm. very strong about uh, trying to get those games over there. But as uh, Lindsey Jones wrote in the News Gazette, some of the neighbors are a little concerned sure. about having those uh, a crowded street on a Friday night. Sure. And, you know, I, I get that to an extent. I mean, uh, you, you know, more crowd, bigger crowds, goofy things tend to happen. People are silly. People are trying to show off for their friends or... You know, they have a grudge with somebody. Silly things can happen. That being said, you're talking about four to five times a year, maybe a couple more if you make the playoffs. I think eventually the neighborhood will probably come around on it. I mean, I, that maybe that's just me liking to think so because nothing against Tommy Stewart Field, but it's cool to have another venue to go to, I think. All right, maybe uh, some of the uh, maybe the late Tommy Stewart's family might uh, show up on uh, yeah, there Friday you go. night yeah, and uh, so. check it in. How about Arcola Tuscola? Arcola Tuscola, yeah. I mean, like I uh, like I said when we played uh, Andy Romine's interview earlier, um, I think that game is going to be super hyped as far as the communities and the alumni and things of that nature. Um, I think at least Tuscola's players are going to try to downplay it. I feel like Arcola's players will probably take the same approach, probably just treat it as another game. Don't go too crazy or anything. Uh, but, you know, the fans are going to be raucous for that one. They're going to want to beat each other. The last time these two teams met, 2011, Tuscola blew out Arcola in a postseason game. Uh, these teams want to the, – these fans want these teams to be playing again. And so uh, this game is one that you, you have to circle on the calendar. I mean, and, and it helps both teams are 1-0, too. I, I just circled it on my calendar. There you go. In perfect. Fact, in front of me, Colin. This is perfect. Hey, one more before we get to Cully. One this more. is kind of a surprise one. Yeah, this one, uh, it's, uh, it's not one some people might pick, but I thought it might be interesting just because of the dynamics involved based on the week one results. Uh, Paxton buckley Loda visiting Georgetown Ridge Farm. Um, PBL 0-1, Georgetown 1-0, and and it's pretty clear Georgetown is looking to make a statement. Uh, you could not make a bigger statement than winning a game, a non-conference game like PBL. PBL, a contenu- uh, contenial, uh, <laughs> perennial playoff team. 
Uh, Georgetown trying to... Georgetown actually does have some re- really good recent postseason success. The last two years just haven't been kind to them. So the Buffaloes trying to make a name for themselves. All right, you got the Sages in a 1-0, 1-0 matchup, and they're not on this list. Hey, you know, <laughs> uh, they were number four. <laughs> but, I mean, we're uh, we, we're joined now by Monticello coach Cully Welter, who can uh, debate whether or not I should have Monticello on our games of the week. Cully, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, you guys are coming off of a victory against Olympia, not only a victory, a shutout win, 51 nothing. Uh, what were you more impressed with in that game, the uh, 51 points out of the offense or the zero points allowed by the defense? I, w- I was definitely more uh, pleased with the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think, generally speaking, in a week one game, regardless uh, of the outcome, there's a lot of things you have to overcome offensively. Uh, there's a lot of improvement to be made, but uh, you can always r- run around and, and get to the ball on defense, and I thought our kids uh, played with a very nice effort Friday night. Yeah. Who are, uh, who are some of the guys on the defensive end who you really thought stood out, who really impressed you? Well, uh, one person that I felt had a, a really good game uh, in uh, in his first year as a varsity starter, well, I shouldn't say first year as a varsity starter, but first year as a varsity starter at middle linebacker is Henry Dawson. He's replacing mm-hmm. Nathan Harmon. Uh, he's part of a defense that has five or six guys that have been three-year starters, and uh, and uh, but he's obviously going to be a, a key for us, and I thought he uh, he filled very nicely from his uh, middle linebacker position. Yeah, he, uh, Henry Dawson uh, made the uh, state wrestling tournament last year as well, so mm-hmm. certainly a multi-talented athlete. Uh, talking about a little bit more about the offense as well, uh, you had four guys who caught at least three passes and uh, hauled in at least 30 yards worth of passes. Is this something that surprised you, or did you figure you would have this many uh, viable options? Um, I, I didn't think we'd have that much balance on the receiving end of uh, our total yardage, but I, I do feel like that is the strength of our team is the, the number of different guys that we can go to offensively at the skill positions. Uh, in practice, we're running a lot of different kids in and out, and I feel like we can go as many as eight or nine skill guys in the game without losing too much uh, ability. Yeah. And uh, the Illini Prairie Conference uh, won with uh, with a lot of strong area teams in it. A uh, unique thing about the Illini Prairie Conference, if you're a member in football, you're only playing conference games since uh, there's just that perfect number of teams. Is that something that is a challenge for you guys to adjust to, the fact that you're just seeing the same teams and the same teams are seeing you over and over again? Yeah, last year was the first year, I think, in my my coaching career that uh, I've been involved in a closed conference. And, and I think it is interesting. It's kind of hard to gauge where you are. Uh, you try to go off other scores, but you really don't have anything to, to compare against because our kid, our teams, our conference aren't playing non-conference opponents. So as you said, we're kind of beating up on each other. So yeah, it can be a little bit difficult to gauge week one. We thought some things would shake out and there was some, uh, a lot of close games. I think it's really going to be a balanced conference this year. And I mean, looking ahead, uh, Chillicothe IVC uh, also one and zero after a pretty strong win over Unity. Uh, how do you approach that game and come out with a W? Well, I'm really impressed with IVC. Uh, we we knew last year they had a, a good sophomore class. A lot of those kids played varsity. Uh, they they backed that up with an all, uh, a good freshman class as well. So they they play quite a few sophomores and juniors right now. They only have four seniors on the roster. They're a very physical team. They were last year as well, um, and they've spread things out on offense a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of positive things going for them right now, and we know it's definitely going to be a challenge for us this week. Very good, Collie. Well, uh, thank you so much again for calling in, and uh, good luck to your boys against Chillicothe this week. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on today. 
Macaulay Welter is always a always a treat to have on. Hey, you can uh, follow the Sages both in uh, the pages of the News Gazette and certainly the Pike County Journal Republican. And, That's right. Uh, one of our uh, News Gazette media weeklies that uh, just cover the heck out of high mm-hmm. school sports. That's right. Uh, up in Rantoul and Muhammad. Good to see you as always. All right, the Sages ranked third in our top ten. We'll close out uh, the first edition of the Loman Ray Insurance Prep Football Confidential right after this. All right, if you're looking for Colin Likas on Friday night, and who isn't, really, he'll be on the sidelines, walking the sidelines, I do believe. That's at, right. At Memorial Field in Tuscola. Absolutely. Uh, um, I, I hope none of the fans uh, 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 – Try and try and tackle me if I if I cover their team the wrong way or something like that. Well, our predictions run in Thursday's print edition that of the News Gazette, and certainly Tus- you will pick the home team. Tuscola or Cole is part of those. I plead the fifth on which team I'm picking at this time. Oh, come on, Colin. Give us a, this is the first show. You got to give us a, a sneak peek. I can tell you who other people picked. <laughs> I took Tuscola. I did. Out of safety. I plead the fifth again. <laughs> Jim's trying to get me in trouble. It's one of our more popular features of our uh, immense prep coverage in the News Gazette are those picks. You go to a, a watering hole, and if they know who you are and they know who you picked, you're either in big trouble or getting a free beer. That's right. That's uh, that's why I like to hide in the press box after most games. All right, our Anthony Zillis will be at Central Centennial, and uh, if you know Anthony, you know he's going to do a video game of the week. I'd okay. highly encourage oh, yes. you checking those out. Yes, He'll also be covering that. Plus, we'll get uh, reports in a full page in Saturday's News Gazette of about, what, 30 other games? About, yeah. All right. Quite a few. <laughs> Hopefully uh, all those coaches will call in so you can read about your favorite We've, uh, we, uh, I think we had 100% participation this last Friday. So yeah. all we're, right. we're off to a good start. A bunch of teams looking to bounce back. And a bunch of uh, teams looking to go 2-0. and Oh, sure. And, uh, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be a fun season. We're, we're all glad to see high school football back. All right. I'm glad to see this show make the airwaves yeah, so we'll I. be back here uh next monday colin thank you thanks for all the coaches you, and players Jim. for uh, checking in with us this has been the loman ray insurance prep football confidential wdws champagne urbana and whms champagne urbana the lovey smith show is next see you see you guys <laughs>